0: Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we help women who have lost children to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Life Coach and Certified Grief Recovery Specialist. Hello, 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 my friends. I am here with you on episode number 30. This is Personal Development. After loss. This is part 2 that I promised you last week. I have always always been a self-help junkie. I have always learned l- loved learning about self-development and how to improve and just love it. In fact, when when I went through my divorce a number of years ago, I would sit on the beach with my kids. I was living in Florida. And I would take the kids to the beach on Saturdays. That was my happy place. I'd work all week. And then on Saturdays, we'd get out of the house and we'd go down to the beach and we'd hang out. And I had my little folding chair. We were quite a little circus because <laughs> you're looking at a single mom with three young children and hauling all of our stuff from the car out to the beach. And I would sit in my chair and my little one-year-old would sit next to me in the sand playing. He was super happy to just sit there next to me in the sand, which was awesome. He wasn't running away, which you would typically think of as a toddler that he would be running off and interested in everything around him. But he loved just sitting in the sand next to me, which was amazing. And my girls would just go play at the water's edge. And, and have a good time. And so I would keep an eye on them while I was reading my book. And honestly, looking back, I think I didn't keep that good of an eye on them. It's sad to say, but I mean, I think everybody in this audience can understand how, how kind of numb and unfocused you feel when you're going through, when you're going through difficult things. And so that's kind of where I was at. But, But we would, we would sit, we would play on the beach on Saturdays. And I can remember specifically sitting in my chair reading the book, The Road Less Traveled by Dr. Scott Peck. I don't know if you've read that one, but I've read a few of his books and, and really enjoyed them. And I, this is what I did. And I, I would just feed my brain with all this self-development and maybe hope it was getting through, through osmosis. But it really wasn't until until just a, a short time ago, just really a, a few years ago, that I started to see the value in mentors, in coaches, in people that could help me to get from here to there in a much less time, in much less time. They And I worked with mentors to help me with my business. As you recall, I, my husband and I own a franchise business and I was running that business for three and a half years, almost four years. I was running that business and he was working somewhere else. And so I always had somebody coaching me. I had somebody coaching me on marketing uh, on every aspect of the business. I would, I would reach out to people that knew more about it than I did. And I would try to learn from them. And I, You know, over the years I've had spiritual mentors, people that I look up to that I appreciate their spiritual strength, and I looked up to them and I would try to emulate their habits and the things that they did. But really it was just a couple of years ago when I hired my first personal coach, my first life coach, someone that could help me to kind of look at the whole picture of my life and it has been, it sounds maybe over the top, but it has been totally life-changing for me. Uh, And, and it was really the reason that I became a life coach was because I always wondered like, how do you get from you? How do you get from grief? How do you get from this place? That's this dark hole. How do you get from there to, to where you want to be? We, we don't want to stay in the dark hole. And we inch our way out and we we fumble around and we try to find things that will help. And, and for me, it was going to therapy for two and a half years, which I shared on the last episode. And then afterwards I was like, okay, so what do I do now? And I wish that I had known then that I could hire a life coach, that I could hire someone that could help me to figure out how to how to create vision, how to create purpose in my life, and I just didn't even know that existed. And and that was that's the magic sauce. That was what I discovered a couple of years ago was that what I had been looking for all along was was truly not another diagnosis so I could go back to therapy. What I had been looking for all along was someone who could help me go forward, who could help me look forward. And help me identify those things that, that were important to me and that meant something to me. I mean, it sounds crazy. Like you, you would think that we all know what we want, but the reality is we really don't. I, I heard a speaker this weekend. I was actually at a, at an orientation for a, an organization that I'm going to be helping. I'll be doing some coaching for them and doing some workshops for them. And I just love this. I love this group. It's called People Helping People. And I think there's other organizations across the country that have similar names, but it might not be the same organization because it seems like this one is local to the Salt Lake area, Salt Lake City area. But what they do is they help moms, uh, mostly what they who they help is single moms who find themselves suddenly the primary breadwinner, the primary person that has to support their family. And there's a lot of challenges that come with that. And I experienced that a number of years ago. But some of these women have challenges beyond the norm. Some of them have an 80% of their clientele when they start working with them 80% 80% of them are on public assistance. And so what this organization does is it helps them to identify what they want. What they want in a job and helps them with the tools to go forward to get a job that they need. And and it's not just a job. You know, a lot of organizations out there help people get a job. They help people do their resume they help people apply they help people navigate the computer the computer programs that that help you to apply for jobs now we don't we don't go into a place anymore and hand in our resume we it's all done online so there's there's companies there's organizations there's a lot of help out there for that initial part but this organization teaches them the skills of not only getting a job But keeping a job and moving up so that they can create a living wage, a wage that will support their family. So the the people that stay with the program, and it's, you can stay with the program for years. The people that that stay with the program go from, you know, like I said, 80% of them on public assistance, maybe no job at all, and all kinds of challenges when it comes to transportation or um, child care and so forth. When they stay with the program, 100% of the, the people that stay with it come off of public assistance and their stories are remarkable. They're buying cars, so they have their own transportation. They're buying houses for their families. It's, it's really remarkable. And so I'm super excited to be involved with that organization now, and I'll be, I'll be going there and volunteering uh, a day or two a month. And, but the speaker on Saturday was saying, if you ask a man what he wants, he'll tell you what he wants. She was kind of, she was a little crass, so i 'm not going to go into all the details of what she shared with us, but she 's like a man will tell you you know he wants a, a job making x amount of money and a and a specific sports car and the the beautiful girl and you know he wants all these things and and a man can tell you what he wants, but too often when we ask women what they want, and this may not be you, but this was the generalization that she shared with us. Too often when you ask a woman what she wants, she says, I want to be happy. Well, what does that mean? What is being happy? What does it look like? Does it include the house and the car and the and possibly a husband or the boyfriend? Or what does it include? What is being happy? What interests you? what What are your skills now? What skills would you like to develop? So anyway, super cool program but interesting perspective. And I, I just thought this really, it really applied to me. I, I totally understood what she said when she said, I just want to be happy. And I, that's that's the way that I was living my life. I just want to be happy. I, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I think I'll know when I get there that I'm happy. <laughs> that's what I was doing. And I didn't have any idea how to create that happiness, how to set, it's it's beyond setting goals. And I I did the podcast, uh, I did an episode previously on creating vision. And so that goes into a lot of detail about like, how do we create vision? How do we determine what we want? Today, I wanted to talk to you about the day-to-day, what it looks like day-to-day when we are pursuing personal development. I, you know, I've had a lot of opportunity recently to share my story. Uh, I've been a guest on several podcasts recent recently. Next week, I'm actually doing a TV spot for a local TV station. And as I share my story, and and I'm, you probably have had this experience too. As I share my story, the people, the people I share it with are so compassionate. They're so. I don't know. I I think they're just stunned. They're stunned at the tragedy of losing two children. They're stunned at the tragedy of being the driver of the car. They're stunned at the, at the fact that it was on Mother's Day. They're stunned and they're, and they're so kind and they're so compassionate. And I, I was thinking about how easy it would be to say, woe is me. And I deserve to feel sorry for myself. And certainly, Certainly, that's where I was for a long time. I, I have a guest that I interviewed recently that's going to, that you're going to hear next week on the podcast. And she talks about this very thing about being stuck in this victim mode where we're, we've just been victimized. This horrible thing has happened to us and, and we just feel sorry for ourselves. And, and like I said, certainly that is where I was for a time. And I can't, I can't. Point to one thing that allowed me to rebuild, but it, it's been a series of choices and a series of, of beliefs. And the first belief was that it was possible, that it's possible to, to enjoy my life again, that it's possible to find purpose, that it's possible to have joy in my life again. And so that was a big part. That was a big part for me was just recognizing that I could, that that was possible that that was possible. And then it came a time when not only was it possible but that I could choose that I could choose to move forward towards that. And then it became just a series of of steps and activities and actions and you know you got to get the belief system in in order first. We have to get our thinking in order first. This is what I found. And as I've worked with clients I've found the same thing that That it's a lot of it is, is mindset and understanding where we are. We've got to understand where we are first. I I think so often we just, we want to go over there. And if you think about pulling out a map and trying to get from where you live, I live in Salt Lake City. I have family in Nashville. Let's say I'm going to take a road trip and I'm going to drive to Nashville. I'm in Salt Lake City. I'm looking at the map. I don't, not only need to know where Nashville is, I need to know where I am right now. You go into the mall and you look at the little map on the wall. It has the little red, you are here. So important. You got to have some context. You got to know where you are in order to find the next place. And so that's part of the process. Where am I now? Where am I now? What am I experiencing now? And what, what's going to, what is it going to take to get from here to there? It's one of the things I just love, love, love helping my, my clients with. Anyway, I, I've told you before, I homeschooled my kids. We read lots of biographies. I read lots of biographies with my kids and when they were growing up, and I would cry because so many of those remarkable people that there's biographies written about have gone through some horrendous things. I'm, I'm sure you can think of people you think of Abraham Lincoln and everything that he went through with between his wife's mental illness and the the losses that he experienced and business and politics and so forth, just the the failure, the failure that he experienced. There's just story after story after story of these wonderful people that we look up to in history, but all the things that they had to overcome. I used to cry through those stories and my kids would laugh at me, but I, I just, it really gave me a a perspective of how people can come back, how people can rebuild. The human spirit is remarkable and I have so much faith and trust in the human spirit to be able to overcome. And it doesn't mean that we can take a slice of our life and it's going to be perfect it means that we go from here, and we move forward. Grief is a is a tunnel, not a cave. We move forward, and that is the first step: is moving forward. And everybody has a personal style. Everybody has. We're all so different. Uh, there, I'm sure there's a lot of you that are listening to this right now, and and if I said, "Oh, you you should do a podcast," you'd go what you know there's no way i would do a podcast and then there's other people that that do things and i just look at it and go there's no way i could do that and and there's reasons that we have these different personalities we have these different interests it all makes the world just a better place i think that we we are different and we do different things i have had kind of a different style in different periods of my life for example when i homeschooled I felt pretty structured. I've known people who are super, super structured. And I was more structured when I was homeschooling and more structured when I was starting the franchise and more structured. And some things are more structured for other people than they are for me. And I, after, after the kids died, I actually found it more difficult to stick to a schedule. I I was just kind of going with the waves of things. And I can see the value looking back. I can see the value in doing that for a time. And it took me a while to get to a place where I didn't feel anxious about scheduling something. But a really cool activity that I learned is to create a schedule. And when I say that, I don't mean you're scheduling out every minute of every day. I'm talking about creating some structure first thing in the morning. And when I look back, I see that that's what I did for my kids when they were growing up and when I was homeschooling. But it's, it's a habit that I got out of as I got older and my time became a little more flexible. And some people have more flexible time than others. But this idea of having having some structure to our morning, and some structure to our evening. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it looked like for me when I started doing this, and what it looks like for me now. And when I was first introduced to this idea, I was resistant to it. I I thought, you know, my personality style is every single day I have something different going on. And with my with my business, every day looked different because it just depended on what meetings I had to go to or what, what I had scheduled for that day. So every day looked different. It wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't reporting at a job at a certain time. It was more going out and I was doing a lot of marketing and a lot of talking to people. And so I'd be meeting with people and I'd be out at events. And then of course I had structured time too, where I needed to be sitting at the desk doing paperwork and, and, uh, payroll, you know, all those things that go along with, with running a business. So when I very first saw this idea of having this AM schedule, I just like, I, you know, I, I can't, I don't know if I could pull this off. And it looked hard to me. It looked difficult to commit to doing certain things in the morning and certain things in the evening. But as I worked with my coach and, and she gave me some guidelines, I learned to, to do it. And I'm so glad I did. It's, it's been really, it's magic. That's what I'm going to tell you. It is magic. It is magic to do this because what it's done for me is it's allowed me to put things on that schedule. As I, as I grew in the practice, it it allowed me to put things on the schedule that that I wanted to develop, things that I wanted to have as a habit, but didn't have as a habit. There's a quote from one of my mentors that says, routines create habits, habits create lifestyle. Uh, If you're familiar with the book, Miracle Morning, Hal Elrod wrote this book called Miracle Morning. And he has a ton of things that he, that he, he has you do and Miracle Morning. And the acronym that he uses is SAVES, S-A-V-E-S, sorry, SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S. So S stands for silence, which is your meditations or prayer. A stands for affirmation, so that's statements that affirm you. V stands for visualization, so this would be like your vision boards or just visualizing your goals and those things that you want in your life. E is for exercise. So that's your physical movement. R is for reading, which is just your personal development and reading uh, things that are uplifting, motivating, or inspiring. S is for scribing, which stands for writing or journaling. So that's that those were his. One, two, three, four, five, six things that he recommended. And when I first read that book a couple years ago, I put together a schedule and I thought, okay, I'm gonna get up at this time in the morning and I'm going to do these six things. Well, guess what? (laughs) I lasted about two days. It was the routine was so long. It was so long. And he does talk about like how to shrink it and how to how to have it longer, how to have it shorter, depending on your morning. But I just found the practice overwhelming. I found it super difficult and just overwhelming, and I just couldn't stick with it. And so I did it pretty faithfully for like three days and then, you know, off and on for a few days, and I just dropped the whole habit completely. And then when it was this idea was reintroduced to me last year, I had a mentor who said, you know, pick things, just pick two or three things in the morning to do and pick things that you're already doing. And then pick two or three things in the evening that you want to do before you go to bed and pick things that are easy, things that you're already doing and maybe one or two things during your AM or your PM schedule that you would like to add to it. And so that's what I did. So for example, on my first PM schedule, I had brush my teeth. Now, you might think that that I put it on there because I wasn't brushing my teeth, which would not be true. I was brushing my teeth. I was brushing my teeth every night, but putting that on my list, brush my teeth, gave me an opportunity to check it off, to check it off in the evening, and it got me in the habit of using my AM-PM tracker. I am telling you this is magic, and I call it the AM-PM magic. It is truly magic, and it sounds So simple. You might totally dismiss it. And I get it. You might totally dismiss it because it's so simple. But the simplicity is the beauty of it. So some of the things that I've put on my AM, PM um, routine are things like meditation, affirmations, um, reading or listening to books, music, gratitude journal, reviewing my vision board, um, spiritual practices like prayer and scripture, all these types of things. And, but I didn't do it all at once. I started out super, super simple. So I had things like at in the evening, I had things like brush my teeth, wash my face and read a book. Almost all of that I was already doing. I actually wasn't in a very good habit of washing my face, but it was something I wanted to do. I wasn't in a habit of using lotion on my face. And so that's something that I thought, you know, it would be super fun to take that one minute and wash my face because I had all these lotions. I don't know about you guys, but I was hoarding lotion. I was hoarding face lotion, night cream, and I wasn't using it. And so I thought this is a perfect opportunity for me to add it to my schedule and use that face cream, that night cream that I've already purchased. And now I'm living in this super dry climate. And I've been living in super humid climates for years and years and years. Now I'm living in this super dry climate. So this looked like the perfect opportunity. So it was something that I put on my PM schedule. I washed my face. I brushed my teeth and I would get in bed and read. And reading was something I was already doing. So then it was intentional. I was creating intention And every night I would do those things and I would check them off. I would check the boxes. So I'd have a schedule that would last the whole week. And I put those three things and I would check it off each evening as I did it. When I got up in the morning, the three things that I chose early on was, was prayer and meditation and brushing my teeth. So simple, simple things. Things that I was already doing, I was already praying, I was already brushing my teeth. And and so I, I just added, I added in the meditation because it was something that I had been doing off and on. I just hadn't been doing it every day and I wanted to be doing it every day. So I added those three things. And then as I did them in the morning, I would check them off. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to do it. It doesn't have to be done by seven o'clock in the morning. If you get this, if you get your AM routine done by noon, call it good. And if there's something on there, let's say that uh, I had a day where I got up in the morning and I rushed off somewhere, and I didn't get to doing my meditation. And I and I came home for lunch at one o'clock. I could do my meditation then, and I could maybe mark it a little differently. So, what I've been doing lately is I just do a check, a check mark. If I got it done in the morning, if I got it done that day, but it wasn't before noon, I just put a line through it. So it shows that I did it, but it just shows the, that it was done later in the day. And, and there's days that go by, like I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at my last week's tracker and I have seven things for my AM and seven things for my PM tracker. And there's some empty boxes And I can see where I'm doing really, really well. So for example, last week, every single day, I said my morning prayers and I said my evening prayers. So that's something that I did every single day. Every single day, I read at night. Every single day, I planned my schedule for the next day. So that was on my PM schedule. The other thing that I did every single morning and every single evening I added on my list was water. I wanted to get in the habit of drinking more water in the morning and more water in the evening. So I just put water on my tracker so I could check that. There's so many options on the way to do this. And I would really encourage you, if there's things that you have heard me talk about on this podcast that you're thinking, that would be really good. That would be a really good practice for me, like meditation. Like meditation, maybe what what you would do is you take your AM PM tracker and in the morning, you would list two things that you're already doing almost every single day. And then you would add meditation. And if you use the Insight Timer app, if you have five minutes, you can do a meditation for only five minutes. Doesn't mean that you've got to do it for 20 minutes. In fact, I encourage you when you add something on your tracker, don't put a time on there. Don't say that you're going to meditate for 30 minutes every day unless you have built up to that point unless you have been meditating for 25 minutes every single day I don't I don't want to encourage you to put to put this long time on there. That's something maybe you want to build up to but maybe not um, and, and the beauty of not putting time limits on it is you can look at your list and as I'm looking at my list from last week, I could literally do everything on my list in 10 minutes or less. It would just be abbreviated. Everything would be abbreviated. Everything on my list could last 10 minutes or it could last an hour, depending on the time I had and how much time I wanted to invest in those activities. I hope you're getting a sense of how this works, but keep it super, super simple. Keep it super simple. And maybe even encourage a friend to do it with you and and this is one of the things I've done with my mentor. And one of the things that, that I've done with, with some of my clients is, is when you finish your AM routine, you text your friend or you text your coach and you say, finish my AM routine. And it just, it helps you get into the habit of doing it. The other thing that I have really loved recently is I used to, I used to put my, my tracker in my journal, in my bullet journal, which is, basically like a planner. And so I used to create the grid and everything in there. And I found that I just, I wasn't keeping track of it as well as I would like. And my husband printed out some trackers for us uh, a month or two ago, and he printed it on cardstock. And I've heard about doing this, but I hadn't done it before. He printed them on cardstock, and uh, there's four on a page. I'm going to give you a link where you can get a tracker, but there's four on a page. So you print one page uh, on cardstock, you cut it into fours, and, it's, and you basically have enough for a month. And I call it the AMPM magic, the AMPM magic schedule. And I love having this on this little piece of cardstock. It's just awesome. It's a fourth of a page, and I carry it back and forth. Uh, from my office to my bedside I keep it on my bedside a lot and then when I get up in the morning I know exactly what I have planned to do each day and I just check off the boxes as I do them and then if I if there's things I haven't finished and I think I'm going to finish them you know in the office or at the office then I'll just take it with me and it's a reminder of what what I have left to do And then I carry it back to my bedside in the evening and finish my nighttime routine or carry it into the bathroom or the kitchen or wherever I am that I want to be tracking. I can carry it with me. And it's just this neat little piece of paper. I'm kind of a, I love paper anyway. I used to be huge, big time paper crafter. I had a YouTube channel and everything. So I love paper. So I love the feel of having a little heavier paper in my hand And being able to, being able to carry that around and use color pencils or color pens and just just have fun with it, you know, put things on your your on your AM schedule that you're like, I just can't wait to do that. I can't wait to get up in the morning and turn on some dance music and dance to this song. I I can't wait to look at my vision board and dream about what's next in my life. Do the things that bring you some happiness. Put some things on, like washing my face and putting night cream on seriously was a game changer. I loved it. I love it to this day. And it's not, it's still on my tracker, actually. I thought I had taken it off because I've gotten in the habit of doing it now, Um, but it is still on there. So I, I have a mix now of, I have several things on my AM and several things on my PM And I change it every week a little bit. So I will kind of upgrade a little bit. So if there's something, for example, recently, I I just had meditation on my morning tracker, and I changed it. So I have it on my morning and my PM schedule. So I have it on both. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. Remember, routines create habits and habits create lifestyle. I am loving this. And I'm I'm loving sharing this with you. And I'll I'll continue to kind of share my evolution with it. But I have created a tracker for you. And you can get it at buildalifeafterloss.com backslash ampm. Simple as that buildalifeafterloss.com slash ampm. And if you'll go there, you can get a copy of a tracker. And like I said, Four on a page, so you print it on cardstock, cut it in, in force, and you've got you've got your your schedule for the week. So one card for each week. You'll see how it works when you look at it. Anyway, I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, I love you. I believe in you. I'm so happy to be here with you this week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. You don't want to miss next week. Next week is a interview with Rebecca Turbo whose son died of suicide in 2012. And it's a, a tragic story, but it's a she's a beautiful person who's really created a, a, a beautiful life. Anyway, have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you next week. Don't forget build a life after backslash AMPM. See ya.